0: To uncover powerful takeaways that empower you to stay grounded and make passionate living a reality. To access post-podcast discussions, insights, and further resources, visit rajjana.com forward slash stay grounded. So thanks for joining me today. Now, let's get to grinding. Yo, yo, what's up everyone and welcome to this week's episode of Stay Grounded. I hope you are all having a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful day so far. I am so privileged, excited, grateful to be introducing this week's incredible guest, Mr. Charles Clay. So Charles is a relatively new friend of mine. In fact, the first time that we met was through a mutual introduction from somebody that we both love dearly, and the first time we ever had a conversation was on this podcast. And so it's it was fun, it was vibrant, and we went into all of the most delicious aspects of our own personal journeys, and I really got to know Charles in an intimate way, and I just love leveraging the podcast as a way to get to know people in that way. Like, it's just my favorite thing. So to give you guys a little bit of context on Charles, he is an inner peace coach and a healer. He's an author, a speaker, a founder of the inner peace process. And Charles helps men and women release fear, anxiety, and subconscious blocks to create their dream life with ease. We talk a lot about the concept of a vacation vibration, which is really when you're like, think about when you're on vacation, you feel that sort of high vibration, that freedom, that flow, you know charles is really mindful and intentional about creating ways to access that level of of vibration and frequency on on a day-to-day basis and so we talk a lot about the process of getting to that state on this episode we talk a lot about why you need to actually feel into all the different aspects of your emotions not just the aspects that are in that vacation vibration state, but in order to actually experience that fullness, like why it's so important for you to be in uh, the suck at a lot of times. And, you know, Charles' story is, is pretty crazy. We go a lot into how he even got inspired into the path of healing and how he has found purpose and meaning and service inside of his own pain and trauma and his journey back to himself and you know, what inspires Charles to live a life with reverence, you know, how to raise your own vibration and how to source your power internally rather than externally, how to increase your capacity to receive more love, joy, and pleasure. I mean, there were so many things that Charles and I jumped into on this episode. And if you want to dial up your life and get more skilled at navigating those difficult emotions then this podcast episode is for you. And I'm just grateful that I got a chance to meet Charles. I'm excited that you guys all get to really dance with this idea of sitting with more challenging emotions. You know, like most of us, including myself, traditionally have resisted feeling them or numb them with consumption such as alcohol or drugs or sex. And although these strategies might help us cope with the pain of the moment, when we refuse to feel into those prickly emotions, uh, we miss out on really being able to access those vacation vibrations, in Charles's own words, on a grander scale. And so I'm just excited about you guys getting to explore this fascinating philosophy and one that's empowering for people who want to feel and experience more. So I hope you guys enjoy this episode. If you haven't already subscribed to us on iTunes, all that means is that every single time we release a new episode, it falls straight into your inbox. If you feel so called, reach out to Charles on social media, reach out to me on social media, let me know what your biggest takeaways were from the episode. We create. We leave all of the social media sort of handles in our show notes. And guys, uh, I know there's a lot happening around the country, especially with the cold and the weather and the snow, and especially in, in Texas. If you're in Texas right now, I'm sending you a lot of love. But uh, I hope you guys are staying warm. I hope you guys are leaning into the light. And I hope you are all being with what is. And I just can't wait for you guys to enjoy this week's incredible episode with my main man, Mr. Charles Clay. Enjoy. Yo, yo, yo. What's up, everyone? And welcome to this week's episode of Stay Grounded. I hope you are all having a brilliant day so far. I am so grateful and excited to have you, my man, Mr. Charles Clay. Welcome. Yes. Thank you for having me. Excited to be here and excited to drop in with you, brother. Dude, I, uh, I just want to honor, You know, I've done, I think, 168 podcasts now. There's not many where, I mean, I usually bring an intention myself, but there's not many where the guest actually comes forward with an intention. And I really appreciate that, like bringing in a level of care and love and presence to a conversation. And so I just wanted to really honor you for kind of choosing to approach the moment with a level of reverence uh, that I think is, isn't practiced enough in life. Mm, couldn't um, agree more. Yeah. And so let's start, actually, let's start with that idea of kind of creating reverence for the moment or, mm-hmm. or presence in, in ways, you know, what
1: inspires you to approach life with reverence? There's a big difference between living an intentional life and living a life of default patterns that we're just used to and conditioned to. And so I choose to live a very intentional life because um, it's just so much more fun to create yeah. life by design instead of by default. And a lot of people, you know, that know me, I embody that as vacation vibration and we all know that feeling that's possible, right? Even when you go to book a trip and you're just like, Whoo, I'll be in Hawaii in a week and <laughs> you get that like, Oh, that electricity that flows through your body. Right. And then you go and you get to dive in on this amazing experience and meet new people, dive into the culture. And it really like brings out the best in us. It brings out like a version of our higher self, I found. And so every time I go on vacation, I recognize this electricity that's flowing through me and this excitement for novelty and, and new experiences. And um, And so it was just a reminder of what's possible and that we can tap into that. Um, on a more consistent basis, and so I remember I found myself in Sweden with one of my dear brothers there, and and my blood brother were there visiting, and we're sitting by this epic waterfall, having the most delicious like, gluten free quiche that his mom had made us, and and uh, just having the best like brotherhood time at this most picturesque place you could imagine in Sweden. And we're on these trails and we jump off these cliffs into the water and we get our adrenaline fix. And then we're laying out on this perfect bedrock and just just take it in the sun. And I remember I had this huge epiphany. Like I was literally so lit up with this vacation vibration. I was just, you know, I I had a, a conversation with my higher self and my higher self was like, this is the same energy that creates planets flowing to you and through you. And it's too much for one body to just try to contain and hold on to like, you have to share this. So I made a deal in that moment that I would, you know, write and publish a book with something to do with vacation vibration, right? That experience that I was feeling that I could tap into. And um, so as soon as you go to step into something great, right? As soon as you go to share something from your heart or, or alchemize something great, there's always resistance that shows up, right? It's always like, you know, the self-doubt and all the thoughts of like, oh, you're not a great writer. Like, who's going to publish this? Who's going to read this? So I just witnessed all those thoughts just float by like waves and just came back to this deep, like, you know, appreciation and understanding that I'm open to all possibilities of this happening. I don't don't know how I'm going to get this published within a year or whatever, but... I'm open to all the possibilities. And literally, after I got back from that trip, our guy in, Tyler Wagner reached out to me on Facebook and messaged me saying, hey, I'm a owner of Authors United and we're doing a book project and calling in a lot of epic entrepreneurs and you were handpicked and we'd love to have you in our book as a co-author. And I was like, Ah. Oh. <laughs> like, well, all right. <laughs> awesome. So just like that, literally using that vacation vibration, combining that with a crystal clear intention, you know, those of you that have studied the work of Joe Dispenza, he articulates it so well. It's it's like those that combination of an elevated state of emotion and a crystal clear intention like really it begins to unravel your DNA and become more energy than matter. And in that you're opening up to more possibilities, opportunities, signs, synchronicities, and attracting what it is that, that you have in your vision and your desire. And so it was, I was literally witnessing it unfold like that. And it was reaffirming this, how can we incorporate this vacation vibration that we know is all possible into our daily lives and into our business and into our relationships, and really get the juice and enjoy, you know, the best experiences that life has to offer, and then use that with intention for choosing creator consciousness and getting to share, you know, what we experience with with others that can help them on their journey. And sure enough, it's called the Better Business Book, and it was one of the you know top selling on Kindle and Amazon, and and um, some of my friends were co authors in it. And uh, and of course, my chapter is called "Vacation Vibrations." How to incorporate that? I love it. That. That's good. Well, I love that. Vacation vibration plus intention
0: creates true power and true freedom. You you are a fully embodied creator when you feel that level of frequency. When you're operating at that level of of service, of love, of, of whatever emotion you emotional state you want to manifest in yourself. Like when you're operating at that state and then you're channeling it, you are truly a fully embodied creator. And I don't think there's anything more noble than truly stepping into your highest gifts. So how do you one create that vibration on a, on a daily level? It's, I, I can, I can see how being on vacation and remembering that feeling state there right? It's easy. And a lot of people listening might be in that space, but when we're there, I can get it. But how about in the day-to-day when there's chaos, when there's a world around you that has a lot of noise, when, you're, when your reality may not necessarily match that, that when, you're, when your environment, your external environment may not actually match that environment that you have in your mind or in your heart. How do you sort of calibrate your own power to where it's sourced internally instead
1: of externally? Yeah, great question. For me, uh, it's been an evolution. And I remember for a long period of time, I would just use positivity, right? And like, uh, you know, just see the greatness in everything and live in attitude of gratitude. And that got me so far and helped me remember and recognize that our natural state is actually that of inner peace and joy and and pleasure and bliss and all these great things. And so honoring anything that gets in the way of that, allows us to learn and understand more about ourselves. And so to expand on that, I had a huge shift when I went from always trying to feel better to allowing myself to feel more. Mm. That was when I had a huge shift because then, you know, we could live in this like capacity of like, well, I'm only willing to go like this low and into heavy emotions. Right. Like I only, when I feel grief, I kind of want to avoid it. And the mind, Sees this uncomfortable feeling in our body is like, ooh, this is something to avoid. And the mind will come up with all kinds of solutions for that, right? They're all band aids. It's like go on Facebook and get a dopamine fix so you don't have to feel this, or go binge on Netflix and escape from it so you don't have to feel it, you know, or drinking, sex, drugs, rock and roll, whatever it is instead of actually sitting and feeling that emotion, whether it's grief, I use that example, because I feel like our society as a whole is terrible. Right. Like grief And so by finally having the courage to like go to the depths and allow myself to really discover what's in the depths of grief, you know, I found so much beauty in these like silver and golden linings about like, man, if I'm really allow myself to feel that and allow like liquid emotion to flow down my face in expression of how much I love somebody yeah. that left me in human form, you know, and in that chapter, it was my mother. And, um, and I really found a lot of beauty in that and freedom. Cause once I sat with that, like anything, like it's temporary, this two will pass. And then it reveals these golden nuggets and this beauty that's in the depths of that. And by doing that, going deeper into the heavy emotions that I was afraid of previously, that allowed me to open up a new like, breakthrough glass ceilings of what I thought could be experienced as joy, pleasure, and love. There was just, like, new up levels of those emotions mm. like, that i had never experienced before on the other end of that. And so instead of just living in this limited capacity in my emotional state, I allowed myself to Feel more instead of always trying to feel better and that opened up you know this huge it was just like this realization that man we're we're here in this short glimpse of time in in these temples the greatest technology i know of these human bodies that we get to experience the whole gauntlet and spectrum of emotions so why would we try to resist and push those away when they're all temporary and by feeling the ones that we tend to call bad or label as like, you know, heavy emotions. And by feeling the depths and gaining the gold and silver linings there, we learn more about ourselves and it opens up a new capacity for that natural state of joy, inner peace. That's been my journey and helping that other people through that. Yeah, dude, I've got
0: so many questions on that specific piece. <laughs> yeah. You know, my journey recently has really been around allowing myself to receive more pleasure whether it's in my body or receive more of like just ease, whether it's in the form of more like just money, like it's like just every, every form of life. Like I've been opening up my capacity to receive and it's been an overwhelming journey. I totally feel you on feeling the, the one side of the spectrum, the grief, right? Like, like for me, actually so I had my grandmother pass last year and my aunt pass within a two week period. And that was a really powerful Period of time where I was really going deep into the sadness. And, but I feel like I had a propensity to go deep into the sadness. Like I've got this warrior mindset that's like, all right, I see sadness. I'm going to go in it because there's a part of me that like, I like growth has to be hard. Growth has to be that. But when it comes to pleasure, like I feel this resistance from just allowing a lot of that because there's, there's, there's an underlying state of, I don't know if it's fear or if there's like, something. So can you speak to that? Like, how do you actually open yourself up to experiencing more pleasure, whether it's in yourself or just more, more, you're, you're opening up your
1: capacity to receive more ease, grace, joy, peace, and love. Yeah. You know, it starts right there with intention, right? And as you create that intention of I'm open, willing to receive more pleasure, then you might notice small shifts, right? Like, uh, experiences that allow for that, or, you might notice some of the belief systems that are in the way of that, right? So there's deep-rooted belief systems that are often developed as a younger version of ourselves going through a challenge or an uncomfortable experience or not feeling safe or whatever it may be. We all have these experiences and that version of us develops a strategy for coping with that. So it might be like, for example, my four-year-old when my parents divorced and my mom left, you know, I felt the, the abandonment wound. And this is a, a really common one that I think a lot of people can relate to. And it'll continue showing up in our experience until we go back to the source of where that belief was started. And for me, the belief was, wow, I have just got abandoned by the woman that I love the most. So then it was like, love always has to equal pain and that I'm not worthy of keeping the love of my life around. Right. At that time it was my mom. You know, that's a lot for a little four-year-old, right? By developing this really potent, simple and powerful inner peace process, I was able to notice those emotions show up where I was triggered and connect the dots between that, where that emotion was first felt, and the story that went with that that was created then, the belief systems that were developed then. And then begin to unravel that energy by reparenting, just actually being and holding space for that younger version of myself and bringing him back in to integration. Right. I, I visualize it as like the, you know, the, the Russian dolls, you know, they have all the different sizes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's like starting with the, the baby. Right. Is the, in the middle, you know, when we're first born. And then the one-year-old and all the way out. And sometimes these parts of us get lost and like caught in a loop in and in a story and create these belief systems that we're not worthy or, you know, love always equals pain. And so how that would show up in my, my reality was I would fall deeply in love with my girlfriend at the time and we'd have the most amazing relationship. And then little by little, like she would end up leaving me and you know, I was heartbroken and later redefined that even as I was, expectations were broken. That actually brought me closer to my heart. And then again, it kept showing up because I didn't go back to the source yet of where that was created. So boom, next woman I fell in love with, same scenario, played out, right? And it kept resulting in this heartache and um, expectations being broken. and. It all originated from that story and that belief that was created as a four-year-old that I'm not worthy of love, that love has to equal pain. And so when I took a deep look at that, I realized where I was taking ownership, where I was responsible in my actions of actually subconsciously pushing them away. And that was fascinating for me to finally see you know, my blind spots and realize like, wow, I was doing these immature things to like push them away to recreate the story that my four-year-old was living out still through this inner peace process. It's so beautiful because I was able to finally sit with these emotions and allow for this process to unravel this stuck emotions that were like issues in my tissues. And as that released, it was like all of a sudden this new feeling of liberation, this new freedom and getting to be there for that four-year-old and like incorporating him, bringing him back into my heart, holding his hand and like showing him, pulling him out of that loop and showing him like everything we've created and experienced up to this present moment. And, um, and so I remember I had a huge epiphany when I checked in on him and he was like, and you know, the first time I checked in on him, he was like, didn't even want to talk to me, my little four-year-old, you know, he was like pissed. He'd been abandoned even by me and rightfully so. And so just letting him know, Hey, I'm here now. And I always will be. Dude. I love the inner child. Yeah. The inner child work
0: is massive. I guess on that, I want to go a little deeper on that specific piece of like, this is something I'm struggling with and something that I personally find. I tend to only know, especially in love and relationships, like the patterns, like stuff that I'm used to stuff that I've seen. Right. But when there's something unfamiliar, My mind automatically begins to doubt it, to question it, to push it away, to want to try and change it, to morph it, right? In those moments, how do you sort of bring a level of trust and surrender to the idea that you may not even know what's on the other side of this thing? Like that could be the thing that leads to more pleasure. That could be like, how do you begin like actually navigating experiences that you don't have a reference for? when you're present inside of them, like, cause I I feel like that to me is where I hit the upper limit, right? The upper limit is like, if I keep recreating what I know, I'm always going to get what I got. But if I want new levels of joy, new levels of love, new levels of pleasure, there has to be an element of the unknown that I'm willing to navigate. So how do you actually navigate that yourself? And how do you sort of bring your inner child along for the ride? Mm -hmm. What does that come? What does that process actually look like to to feel comfortable being uncomfortable or for sort of navigating the idea that the thing you actually want, you may not even know you want yet.
1: Right. That's life's mystery, right? Right. And, And it lies on the other side of fear. And so it's really the way that we choose to dance with fear. You know, it's like any of those uncomfortable moments or any of those triggers, those are all leading us, like showing us where there's resistance into moving into the unknown into the, the great mystery of life and what lies on the other side of that. And so every time I choose this inner peace process, instead of, it's like choosing self-discovery instead of the old coping mechanisms that were developed, even as that young four-year-old found strategies to cope with that, right? Like, you know, I'd be the, the class clown to get attention and validation. And that was kind of my way of like coping. And then that developed into even more coping mechanisms of when those heavy emotions of sadness and, and um, you know, heartache would show up. It was like, oh, my mind's watching that. I don't want to feel this, you know, I'll just go grab a cocktail or go um, to the fridge and stuff it down with something or go on Facebook and get a dopamine hit to not have to feel this. And so when I began finding the courage and realizing that there's always so many lessons and blessings in the depths of each of these emotions that I would try not to feel, then it was like putting on a lens of curiosity and actually like diving into that more and with having this like easy structured process it's a it's an easy way through it to navigate through it so that you can gain those golden nuggets, you can feel and heal what's real like what's currently coming up instead of trying to push it away or avoid it because then it just persists right and so that was like, every time I did that, it was like dropping off baggage. It was literally like a weight lifted from me. And so that inspired me to continue choosing that medicine over the coping mechanism, which resulted in the downward spiral of like, you know, and we're all, we've all been conditioned to consume. And so it's easy to just, veg out and consume when we're feeling uncomfortable instead of facing it. And there's a lot of people in a lot of clients I work with are, are doers, you know, they wear the badge of, Oh, I'm really busy. You know, I'm always, I'm doing a lot. I'm working on a lot of things. Right. And they're doing so much that that's their coping mechanism. Oftentimes to not feel and heal what's real and what's coming up. And so when they actually give themselves permission to take a break, sometimes then it's like, boom, a volcano of all these emotions that have been wanting to be released because the body is so intelligent in each and every cell. There's this intelligence of like, Hey, this is disharmony. This is in front of your inner peace. So it sounds like the true way to actually allow yourself
0: to feel comfortable navigating new experiences is to actually get used to feeling the feelings of discomfort. Like, so it's not necessarily, that's really it. Like if you feel, if you're okay with feeling like you suck at something, if you're okay with feeling like a reject, if you're okay with feeling like insignificant, if, you, if you're okay with feeling those feelings, then any new experience you can approach with curiosity instead of a closed off sort of emotional wall that will then allow you to experience greater levels of whatever that whatever that experience is there to give you. It could be greater levels of that feeling, that discomfort, which then you're allowing yourself to feel your way through and, and become more comfortable feeling. Or it could be the delightful surprise of more pleasure and joy and peace and fulfillment and deeper levels of those states. But it is just being okay. So it's not it's not about feeling good all the time. It's about getting good at feeling.
1: Yes, that's it. That shift, literally, when I shifted that, it turned on a switch for me. It was like wearing those glasses of curiosity. And every time I was triggered, I would choose this inner peace path and process to uncover and see what part of me needed love, support, the feeling of safety. And I got to provide that to that part. And then I could literally witness wherever that energy was showing up, whether it was in my solar plexus, whether it was in my throat, because I wasn't speaking my truth fully, that would begin to unravel. You can literally witness energy begin to finally metabolize in our system and come back to balance and harmony because every single cell in our body is always knows how to come back to that natural state of peace balance and harmony how often are you living in your edge very often more and more i find that you know the more i take this path the more courage i build and it's like because i discover so many gold nuggets on the other side i'm like Now it's like whenever I get triggered, it's kind of like ooh, wow. Person was like, this person was able to make me angry. Like whoa, whoa. I like lean into that. It's fascinating, and that's the beautiful dance with fear. You know, like now I'm not as afraid because I've been to the depths of so many of these heavy heavy emotions and realized there's so much to learn and gain from it. That it's kind of like uh, exciting when I when I get triggered. Now I'm like wow and so i'll take it through the process see what part of me needs some tlc witnesses that energy begins to metabolize and then there's the golden nuggets and this feeling of liberation new level of freedom that that arises on the other end and then you get to share you know those golden nuggets that you gain through that journey with those that um, could use some support on theirs or it might benefit other people and that completes that hero's journey hero's journey only to begin another one right <laughs>
0: I love, well, I love that you just mentioned there's like, you go through each journey where you learn. It's like, it's like you have to face the dragon, almost like become friends with it. And then kind of, you come back to teaching it to someone else or expressing it or sharing it. And then that starts a new journey. And I love that idea of like continuous life and death, continuous beginning and completion. Like there's like a, there's a beauty to the duality of, of starting that and having that attitude and that mindset as you're approaching day-to-day experiences. Is that, so like you talk a lot about the enterprise process. Can you describe what that process is? Is that, is that the, the tool set that you're using or you've developed to sort of navigate the, the start and finish, the life and death process that you're referring to? Exactly.
1: And it's a guided experience. So I guide through people through it so that they can have an experience. And what's really cool is that they're able to guide themselves through it. I'm simply like, pointing to what gets to be more attention more love more support to and tapping into these states of the subconscious it's not so linear it's more of like you know images and colors and and so as you tap into that it's easier to access the stories and the belief systems right so say you get triggered with you feel a constriction in your solar plexus right and you have this Kind of not feeling there, right? So then guide you through this process, you begin to connect with that and be with that sensation instead of needing to judge it, instead of needing to change it or move it or try to resist it. It's simply observing and noticing the sensations that come along with that, noticing the emotion that's associated with that. And once you name the emotion, then it's like getting to look at that energy. It's energy in motion, right? Now you get to see it from a different perspective. So then, then we connect with the very first time you experienced that emotion. And there lies a younger version of you that was going through that for the first time that had some challenges and was met with some some fear. And um and so that's where a lot of times the stories are created that I'm not good enough, or love has to equal heartache and pain, or Self doubt, all these things are developed as a younger version of us through those situations. And then getting to unravel that and get to be there and reparent that version of yourself so that they feel integrated, safe, supported. All of a sudden, that energy begins to metabolize in your system. And then we get to bring in new information. And we even call in a higher, you know, like older, wiser version of you for advice. It's like your older sage that gets to be in this container and offer that intelligence too. And so it's a really beautiful way to uncover and unravel the lessons and blessings through the experience and realize that it's all happening for us. Even the most uncomfortable, the most painful, I've found that pain is is simply a check engine light. It's a strong message depending on how painful it is of, Information trying to show us something that's out of balance in the body, and how how far do you drive your car with the check engine light on? You know, some people go further in their body, just trying to you know cope with pain, numb pain, not feel it, and just carrying it with them until they keep getting triggered. As opposed to actually bringing your attention to it to discover what lies there. And for everybody, it's different, but the process always creates the same result which is letting go of some extra weight and energy that no longer serves you. And so on the other end of that is always some level of liberation and freedom and deeper understanding of self. And so you can see how after using this process, like I have been more inspired than ever as a father. Now my sweet little angel Sophia is like nine months. She has inspired me more than ever to continue taking my medicine to continue that path every time something comes up, because for every piece that I unravel of old programming from generational BS, right? Like yep. all these programs and patterns that we develop that no longer serve us. Every time I release a layer of that and release those stuck emotions, that means she doesn't have to carry that on hundred percent, right? yep. which is so inspiring. Like to me, I just look at her. She's no greater
0: purpose. Like, I mean, we have met, we might have many purposes in life, but if you just, if you don't know what your purpose is and you made it your life's work to literally stop the flow of suffering to your offspring, to your generation, to others. I mean, I can't think of a more noble, like a noble quest. Uh, I can't think of a, a greater hero's journey than to become the most whole version of yourself in the honor of the ones you
1: love. Absolutely. Yeah. And we're all epic creators. We just forget sometimes. And it's okay to forget as long as we remember. Right. Yeah, and that's part of the game. What? Part, of, part, of, part yeah. of
0: remembering is forgetting. You can't actually remember <laughs> yeah. without forgetting.
1: Like. Exactly. Right. And so it's really a fun journey. And when you look at it through the lens of curiosity, there's so much to gain and so much to learn, even in the depths of pain or sorrow or heartache. And so yeah, every layer that I peel away, that's one less program that she needs to carry forth through generations. And so that's super inspiring because she's already a great teacher at nine months old, like just amazing teacher of like, she'll she'll soul gaze with you. And just this feeling of like deep remembrance, you know, like this pure soul, like coming straight from source, still tripping on DMT, you know, and like, just, Oh, loving unconditional love it's amazing
0: i had a recent friend describe children as like they're older in universe years like yeah. you know as you get older you begin to gain human intelligence and you forget the fact that you're a soul right but children are so close to that that divinity that when you actually spend time with children there's so much like their accent their intuition's so connected to the universe and 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 all of its infinite wisdom that like there's just so much we can learn From from children. And I and and I love that you're using the word inspired because that's truly what the soul does. Like, right? Like the soul is that inspiring nature of life that just flows like electricity through your veins. And and I wanna actually come back because I I I see why you're inspired now, but what initially got you inspired down this path
1: of of healing? Like, I mean, I can't imagine that you were always this fucking sage, dude. Like there's no way. No way, man! I I graduated from Washington <laughs> State back in 2001 with my degree in kinesiology. Okay. Love the human body, this technology, and just wanted to explore everything. And so I became, you know, moved to San Diego and was living the living the life, vacation, vibration, and as a trainer in the day, health coach. Life was good, but little by little, you know, I was feeling like all this tightness and restriction and like pain. Same, similar like reoccurring injuries in my body and I would get so many different treatments but really it was I was going out on the weekends and trying to numb the pain right so it was like sex drugs and rock and roll and over time the universe always gives us like a little feather of like hey you're a little out of alignment you know you might want to make some changes here and and didn't listen to that so then you get hit by like a brick right which is like a a really bad hangover or something and then made some dumb mistakes the night before that have to um, deal with the consequences. And that's kind of like that wake up call. I was like, okay, I need to change my wicked ways, get back into alignment, but it wasn't sustainable. Right. So I kind of fell back into my old patterns of just consuming more than I was creating. And that led me down a, uh, a spiral of like, of really, it wasn't until 2008, I was up in Mammoth Mountain snowboarding with a couple of friends and it was a full on blizzard. Like you could barely even see a tree like feet in front of you. It was like a blur. And so I was like, all right, let's just stay low and be ready for anything. And it was fun. We were halfway down the mountain and all of a sudden I took a jump that I didn't know was there. And I remember I literally just freaked out in midair. I was like, I didn't know where up or down was where I was landing. And I tensed up, smashed my back and broke my back up in the middle of the mountain. And I was in so much physical pain. Like I felt like I got hit by a lightning bolt, like right in my, where my sacrum meets my T-spine. And so I literally had to channel my inner Spartan warrior just to get down the mountain. And then I went to go see doctors and got multiple opinions. And they were all telling me that you might never move the same again and you're going to need surgery ASAP. And for me, someone that loves the human body so much to hear that was devastating. You know, it was really this like reckoning and a a huge shift that happened internally where I had to choose, like, do I put my health and my body in the hands of these surgeons and doctors, or do I listen to my intuition and take the path of self-healing and try everything natural ways of Of healing this, and that's what I chose. And luckily, I was able to access my intuition in the midst of that fight or flight mode and decided that, you know, even though I could barely crawl to the bathroom, I was in so much pain. And I had to literally surrender to all these emotions that I was trying to avoid with drugs, alcohol, and you know, you name it. And so surrendering for the first time to like shame. I could barely move, let alone get to work. I was in fear. I didn't know if I'd ever move the same again. And so just like totally broke down, crumbled to pieces. It felt like, and then that passed. And I could again, reach my intention and clarity on, Hey, I'm open to receiving all answers to healing this. And in that I dropped into a meditation and during that meditation a friend I hadn't talked to in two years sent me a message saying, hey, I heard your back's really messed up. Check out neurokinetic therapy. And I was like, what is this? And that took me down this amazing rabbit hole to study the work of David Weinstock, who's figured out ways of getting answers from the body so fast and recalibrating and reconnecting uh, muscles that aren't firing properly and, and dysfunction and um, compensation patterns in the body. And I knew, like, this started connecting so many dots with me in like, my background kinesiology, that I had to get a session. And my first session, I walked in looking like Shakira stuck in a mid hip dance move, like my <laughs> upper body. I was a wreck. You know? Like my body's <laughs> over here, hips over here, and that was representative of how out of alignment I was with my purpose. Right? I was choosing consumption patterns over creator consciousness, and so that bent me so out of shape that I found myself on this table and I was blown away by, um, Christina was her name. She literally like would test my glutes and my glutes weren't firing. And I was like, what do you mean my glutes aren't firing? I have huge glutes. She's like, yep, all all form, no function. And I was like, what is going on here? And she goes, she goes, uh, now clench your jaw and I'd clench and she would retest. And all of a sudden the glutes turned back on. So it was really interesting. She just found, my body showed us that my jaw from the impact and the stress and the anger, and it was more right side than left, the masculine, all the things I had to do. And that was all constricting and became a neurological traffic jam. So the signal wasn't getting to my glutes, the big guns. And found a couple other compensation patterns like that. And she was able to clear them up in one session. Wow. I was 90% better. I got off the Holy table and was like, alignment again, I can move again. I was like, gave her a huge hug. I had a huge epiphany. I was like, that's it. I need to learn this. This is the way to back on track to my purpose. And I can't wait to share this with others. And, and so I studied all of David Weinstock's work, went to all his courses, became certified as a neurokinetic therapist, and just got some of the most incredible tools for getting answers from the body and some, some just like deep level body wizardry. And it was fascinating because I would see, I opened up my practice and I would continue seeing a lot of the same patterns, um, especially with like men and women entrepreneurs, the jaw is such a common, like neurological traffic jam. And as we know, Eastern philosophy and Chinese medicine is associated, jaws associated with limbic systems. That's our emotional capacity. And we tend to store anger, resentment, and even revenge sometimes in the jaw. And so as that becomes a traffic jam, I would get people coming into me with back pain, right? And I would test their intrinsic core muscles and nothing was firing. So it was like your internal weight belt, which is called your transverse abdominis. This is, you know, this should be firing milliseconds before you do any moves with your arms, your legs to stabilize your spine. They were getting no signal to that. And so people would like go to pick up a pencil and throw out their back. Because those muscles aren't firing to the stabilize their spine, so they come see me. We muscle test; nothing's firing. Have them clench their jaw, and all of a sudden it turns back online. So then I would show them how to release their jaw, and then those muscles turn back online. And then I teach them the bulletproof core technique, which makes you instantly stronger in everything you do. It's similar to the Valsalvo maneuver, which is what these world's strongest men and like powerlifters use to lift ridiculous amounts of weight. By increasing your internal abdominal pressure. But I combined my expansion breathing more of a a yogic, yogi feel of breathing through it so you don't suffer from hemorrhoids or hernias or anything like that. And this technique was the same thing I had to learn when I was crawling along the floor to get to the bathroom just to stabilize my spine. So these little mind body tune ups, it's so fascinating because I would start seeing the same common denominators. Even some of the greatest athletes that I would see had all kinds of compensation patterns, muscles that weren't firing in their body. And in one or two sessions, I could show them and teach them how to turn those back online. Then you restore function in the body and there's no need for pain, the check engine light. So it's been such a cool path. I never would have known on that mountain when I was in so much pain, like, how many amazing gifts would come from that experience? Well, I just want to acknowledge
0: just also, man, like one thing I'm really admiring about you and your journey is like that your pain and, and, and the things that hurt you the most, like you always leaned into it, which then led to healing it, which then led to you teaching it. And it's, I'm just seeing that pattern here, the one you described earlier. And it's like, you, it's almost like you've carried and you've embodied that sort of hero's journey and started looking at all pain, doesn't matter if it's physical, emotional, spiritual, mental, and really lean into that pain, the discomfort, the suffering, and rewire it and change it and then serve from that space. And And it's such a delicious reminder that we don't have to go seek purpose calling all that like i mean really your lived experience is purposeful like yeah. you don't have to go make an impact just feel the impact of your life's experiences and then be more impactful like there's a there's an inherent sort of beauty to allowing life to give you the exact mess that you need in order for you to uncover the medicine and then that medicine becomes something that you can share with the world and I think if everybody embodied that mindset and that belief, I mean, every, this, the world would be such a beautiful place of service and love and connection. And, and, and I just want to really honor you for that, man. Like I'm seeing
1: it and I'm feeling the energy and it's fucking beautiful. Wow. Appreciate that brother. Fully received that. Yeah, it's, it is, it's, it's truly amazing that, you know, and if you think anybody listening to this, just think about the hardest challenges you've been through, the most pain you've experienced. Think about the golden nuggets you've gained from that, the gifts you've gained from that, the silver and golden linings you learned about yourself through that. Like those are always available to us. But when we don't have the courage to dance with fear, then we never uncover those gifts or it takes longer to, right? So I always like to set my reticular activation, my intention whenever I'm going through a challenge or a hard episode as to what are the lessons and the blessings I can learn from this and how is it happening for me? And that allowed, it's, it's basically like a shortcut <laughs> through, you know, any sort of suffering or pain. And, you know, and that goes all the way back to a wise man that said, um, you know, I, I forget who it was, but you might recognize this quote, the root of all suffering is man's inability to sit with oneself.
0: I know this one, dude. I, I think I just saw this quote. Damn it. I can't. I don't know who it is, but I, I know the quote. I know the quote. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So I would love to give credit if I could remember who said yeah, this. I can't, very, I can't Whoever I said it. Oh, wise one. <laughs> <laughs> and that literally encouraged and inspired me to sit with these heavy emotions, even loneliness. Like that mm-hmm. was really the key. That's a big one. Hearing yeah. that quote, let me fully sit with loneliness. And that's when I began to notice all the mind's mechanisms of coping, of strategies to avoid what's uncomfortable. So the mind's always looking for what's familiar and trying to get us in a comfort zone. But we keep following that path. That comfort zone gets very uncomfortable anyway. So (laughs) the faster way is through. When I sat with loneliness fully, I was like, man, I realized like I haven't gone a long time without dating. Like I was always like, something didn't feel good, just pick up the phone, call a friend or a girl and go on a date or anything to not feel loneliness. And so I really sat with that and saw all my mind's band-aids revealed to me as all the ways I was using addictions and, and vices and coping mechanisms to not feel loneliness. And yet when I sat with it, it too passed, you know? And not only did it pass, but I learned like, it, can't, it went from like, oh, this is so uncomfortable to like, holy cow, I'm sitting alone. That means I have zero distractions. That yeah. means I have time. And when I have time, that means I can create all these things that are these ideas I've had, right? And I had this huge inspired action that ensued after that. And so I love that
0: you brought up that. I mean, for me, one of the feelings that I didn't want to feel was insignificance. My life didn't matter. And I would do everything in my power to not feel that. I would go do more. I would help more people. I would serve more. I would make myself more useful by investing in personal development and turning myself into this shark tool in the shed. Mm -hmm. And recently, actually in the last month, I was challenged by a very good friend to actually sit with my insignificance and really feel it. And I remember the first time I sat with that, I burst into absolute tears of fear and, you know, and that just those, those undesirable emotions. And on the other end of that was freedom. The other end of that was, I don't have to do any of this because my life is significant. I get to do all of this because I want to, and I'm in choice and whether my life means something or not, like to me, the gift of life is a choice and it like changed the energy of it all. Mm -hmm. and but it was it took me so long to feel that one it took me forever actually last year i got of a really bad breakup so i totally get the loneliness one too these are just like what other prickly feeling states do you think most people experience or at least in your experiences from client work and in your own journey that like can we put a face to or a name to that can allow others to just have awareness around what they're what they're like insignificance loneliness like are there others that you're that come to your mind immediately
1: yeah, a real a real common one, like I mentioned um in our society is grief. And that can mean grief of the loss of a loved one, but it can also mean grief of the loss of an old version of ourselves. Mm. Like literally, when I went from partnership with my beautiful queen to having a baby, we had a ceremony about that. Like we had a whole grieving process to honor and fully let go of that chapter of us as two, as we move into three. And that was huge because that's where a lot of people just are so accustomed that grief feels so uncomfortable that it's just so easy. It's like our society just has been taught to avoid it. And so in the loss of anything, that's an opportunity to honor that season, that chapter, that what you've learned from that, all the highlights, you know, it's like a reflection period of either who that person meant to you or that version of you that you're stepping into a new version, a new archetype, and that deserves grievance. And so it came something that I wasn't so afraid of anymore, just like loneliness. And sitting with the, the depth of those, it's like, then the fear isn't there as much. It's like, yeah. wow, like now, when I, whenever I feel loneliness, it's just not scary. It's like, oh, here's an opportunity to charge my energy. You know, like that's how I, I love my alone time because it's like Ooh. fills my cup. Whereas before that, I would have to go out into social interactions and that's kind of you know, I was an extrovert and that's how I fill my cup.
0: Like we started this conversation around the idea of power and sourcing that internally. I love the the words you just use to charge your energy like when you sit in that space of discomfort you're literally taking that anxious energy and 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 turning it you're alchemizing it into something that's at a vacation vibration like you're you're operating at that that higher state by by being with it bro that i I love you, dude. Like I, 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 I love you, <laughs> like, you're, dude, you're such a G. I, I didn't know where this conversation was gonna go. Uh, anyone listening? Literally, Charles and I had literally just met five minutes before yep. we hopped on, and I had no idea where through, we were going through go. an epic mutual friend. Through an epic mutual friend, and so we trusted. Literally, when when we got connected, I was like, "All right, Johnny's introducing us. I don't even need to <laughs> need to, do that, man. let's just jump in." and I'm so glad we did that cuz I just I, I feel your heart brother and it's inspiring and I I'm just uh, I'm a fan I'm a huge fan. Anybody listening how can they one learn more from you? Mm-hmm. Um, get in touch if this episode was helpful and you know just do you have any any messages for them as they're sort of stepping
1: into their own power? Absolutely. Yeah, if um you know, it's easy to connect, reach out via Facebook, Instagram, whatever your Flavor of connection is and uh, just shoot me a PM. I'm happy to connect. So I love sharing more about um, the inner peace process, that journey, if you feel called to that, or even the laser focus method, which is uh, my latest release program for cutting through distractions like a ninja and working smarter than harder to create more than you consume. And that is the path of higher fulfillment, of long term fulfillment instead of. Resorting to coping mechanisms, and uh, it's a lot of fun. Infuse lots of vacation vibration into that, of course. And uh, and so, if any of these resonate with you, uh, I just encourage anybody that feels like you're going through this journey alone. You don't have to suffer through it. There's so many resources. There's so much help available. Really encourage everyone to have the courage to step forth and follow your intuition to receive the resources, the help that's available to you. And um, that means just shooting a message to me. And even if I, we're not aligned to work together, then I have you know a whole team of epic beings that are doing amazing things in the world that I can refer to. So it's really like that was a big stuck point for me in my life was thinking I had to do it all myself. And when my stuff would come up, I'd go off to the man cave and, try to process, you know, on my own and then wait till I'm like superhero status to come out. I'm sure a lot of guys can relate. It's possible,
0: man. You can't like you're a fish in a fishbowl and you don't sometimes like, it's hard to remember that you're in a fishbowl until someone takes you out of the fishbowl and then you're gasping for air. And then you're like, Oh yeah, I was in my shit. And you look down and it's all there. And yeah, it's so important. I can't, I can't stress the importance of having somebody in your life that can see the parts that you can't see. We all have blind spots, Um, brother. I got, uh, I got one last question for you in the midst of it all, in the midst of everything you've created, everything you've been through and everywhere you're going, how do you stay grounded?
1: Mm -hmm. Great question. I use grounding and mother earth as this beautiful reminder that we are always supported, that we're always abundant, that we can always be fulfilled because she's right under our feet. And the more we ground, connect with her, the more we remember this deep level of support that's always available to us. So that's part of been my practices is um, energetic sovereignty. And anything that's not mine, any energy that's not mine, just allowing that as an offering to Mother Earth so that she can compost that, transmute it into higher vibrational frequencies and creations of life. And that's a beautiful cycle that we can all dive in on and uh enjoy just with the ground beneath us such a simple reminder to go back to the place we all came from
0: i love it brother well charles dude i'm excited to spend more time with you man and to get to know you better and to go down the rabbit hole many a time but for everybody that is a wrap for this week's episode of stay grounded i'm your host raj this is your new friend charles from us stay grounded we will chat soon